0: Hey all, and welcome to the 4th Box Podcast. I'm Bree.
1: And I'm Blaze. Some call me Paul. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and our aim is to make people too educated, too pissed off, and too motivated to remain slaves. We take our cue from William Wallace. They can take our lives, but they can never take our freedom.
1: Here is where you learn about the bondage you revel in. Here is where you learn that our forefathers fought, fled, and died all over this planet for something that we will not relinquish, we will not surrender, and we will not lose. So help me God. Government is for slaves, free men govern themselves.
0: We believe there's power in people, not politicians. Join us every Thursday in an effort to save our republic and stop tyranny, one podcast at a time. Okay, so there you have it. Welcome to episode one. Today is going to be very introductory. It's just going to be a little bit about who we are and why we're here. So that being said, we are the fourth box. Dad, if you want to go ahead and get us started, what is the fourth box? What is the meaning of that? Just a little deep dive for us here.
1: So the fourth box is... Uh, A statement that was made originally by a man to the nearest most accurate information that I am able to gather, whose name was Stephen Decatur Miller. And the statement was originally made, I believe, without having everything right in front of me, and I can gather this if you want to tighten it up. But I believe the original time that that phrase was used was 1832 by Stephen Decatur Miller, who was a politician of sorts from South Carolina, who I think ended up being a lieutenant governor or something similar to that back about that time. So this, the original phrase uh, dates back, you know, 100 and almost 90 years now. Hundred ninety years, and it was really, I think, made for much more um, uh, commonplace and and heard of by Frederick Douglass, who was an emancipated slave during the time of Abraham Lincoln, a very um, oftentimes uh, referenced gentleman who was uh, friends with Abraham Lincoln and had. Uh, many writings and sayings from those days around the Civil War and afterwards. But the fourth box refers to what both of these gentlemen considered um, methods of keeping ourselves free. So there were four boxes. The first being the soapbox. The second being the ballot box, the third being the jury box, and the fourth being the ammo box. And the statement was made that we have four boxes to keep ourselves free. So, so we are calling ourselves, this group here, having this discussion, the fourth box in proxy, by proxy, suggesting that we are at the point where the ammo box is what we have left to remain free. So in my estimation and according to my observations, I would suggest that we are down to the fourth box because the soapbox or our ability to reach out to others and express our opinions uh, in a large scale has been Mostly captured by a very small group of corporations or people, uh, so I think your traditional uh, media outlets certainly are controlled by a very small group of people who we will I guess from time to time be referencing. Um, the alternative media or social media platforms largely are are cornered or owned by Again, a very small group of people. And the threat the threat that I um, view that to be is that all of our information or very, very much of our information is it, is controlled by a very small group of people who have the ability um, to alter what we are receiving and considering as information to make our daily decisions. Um, comes through the filter of a very, very small group of people who may not necessarily be looking out for the best interest of all of us. So, so that's the soapbox, and I would say that that has been neutered or controlled by a very small group of people. So then we have the ballot box, and my thinking, and many of our friends in the community who which we're reaching out to here I think would suggest that the ballot box has been c- controlled by the creation of a dependency class slash victim class who are people who largely uh, go through their daily lives on the backs of others, meaning they they are dependent upon the government to provide for them certain life-sustaining um activity or means that they don't provide for themselves. So I call them the dependency class, but there's a very large group of people who pay nothing in, nor have they paid anything in, but they receive a benefit from the government. And therefore, I would suggest that their uh, ability to be open-minded about um, who they vote for is Jaded because of their dependence upon the gifts they receive from the labors of others. So the ballot box has been, has been um, neutered, I would say, because there has been a creation of a large dependency class, including most of those who work for government who will never vote for anything that threatens what they are being handed. They're not going to vote for somebody who may take some of those blessings away that are being provided by the labors of others. So the ballot box has largely been neutered because um, so many people in today's society are dependent upon the handout that they receive. So the jury box is a little more interesting, I think. Um, One of the things that was given to us by the very thoughtfulness of our founders was the ability to be the final arbiters of any law, every law, by the creation of citizen juries. So what that means is a jury, or we the people who make up the jury, are the final arbiters of any and every law. So if you get selected to be on a jury, you will be instructed by the judge that you are there to weigh the merits of the case. That is true. What they will not tell you, and this is by design, this is by people who are sitting in high office to serve us, will not tell the jury that they are also there to weigh the merits of the law. In other words, if the law is not compliant, with the Constitution, that the jury or any member of a jury can say not guilty on the sole purpose that it is not in agreement with the Constitution and there is nothing that can be done simply by saying not guilty. That gives us, we the people, the, the ability to alter and change any law that is not in constitutional compliance. They will not tell you that. In fact, if you go down to your local courthouse and hand out papers on jury nullification, which is what this process is called, jury nullification, and meaning the jury can nullify any bad law. If you go down to the courthouse and hand out papers on jury nullification the day that there's a jury trial going on, you will probably find yourself incarcerated. Because they do not want the people to understand that we have the ability to alter bad law or unconstitutional law. So that's the jury box. So soapbox has been neutered. Ballot box has been neutered. Jury box is largely neutered by the ignorance of people and the unwillingness of the courts to, to instruct people that they have this authority. So the fourth box, the last box, is suggested by Stephen Decatur Miller and Frederick Douglass is the ammo box. And our discussion here with that name, uh, I, I think in a way suggests that at least some of us believe that we are down to the ammo box. If we are going to restore freedom and liberty, which was paid for by the blood of our forefathers and our ancestors, purchased this for us, our inheritance, it's been gifted to us, and it has to be preserved. And from time to time, as other distinguished voices from the past would suggest, has to be purchased by blood of patriots. So as much as all of us would hate to see that, I think there are exists an overwhelming amount of evidence that we are down to that point to preserve what has been stolen from us. So that's kind of the background, and I hope it wasn't too long-winded, but that's kind of the background of the fourth box.
0: Yeah. No, that was perfect. Um, I think that in saying that, the ammo can have a lot of implications, but I hope that this podcast sort of leads to us talking about what all those can be, including you know, the other ways that we as people can fight back against the tyranny that we're obviously seeing all the time. Um, which sort of leads into the next point. Uh, why we started this podcast in the first place. Obviously, these are things that you and I talk about all the time. They're things we talk about with our peers all the time. Um, they're kind of things that weigh heavy in our minds daily. So for me, that was why it was finally time to just start talking about it in a more public setting. You obviously already do that as often as possible, but I feel that now more than ever, we need to try to make people like you more accessible to the public who have the information already on hand. It's already in your mind. There's a lot of people that want that kind of information, but don't know where to find it because as you said, um, they've made it hard to find. So that's kind of the why behind it for me, if you want to speak to the why for you.
1: Well, um, of course... I am always been interested in, in, uh, using the three boxes prior to the ammo box in an effort to preserve or restore what was ours. And, and, you know, to go all the way back, as you mentioned, uh, you've been hearing it for a long time. Uh, and I'm, I'm very happy, uh, to acknowledge that you have heard it for a long time and it has resonated with you and you are willing to share and to spread this message. Um, because I, I think there are other voices from the past, and I'll reference them many times as we go along, and I may not be exactly accurate on who said it or when, but there were, you know, there were voices from the past that suggested if if you're, you're only going to have the rights that you're willing to fight for and Largely, we don't have many rights left today because most people don't even feel as if they have lost any rights. They don't even know from whence their rights come. And uh, I think Ben Franklin said it, other voices down through history, I think even Adolf Hitler, who, if nothing else, uh, in addition to being a very evil man, he understood people and understood how to manipulate people and get people to do what he would like them to do but there were many people down through history that suggested people are too ignorant and too lazy to remain free and that's no in no way intended to be slighting anybody it's only to say that the bread and circuses provided by the masses the same soapbox that controls our ability to send our message out pumps people's heads full of football games and desperate housewives and subsequently Very few people know know anything about how our government was supposed to work, um, who their governing officials are at the state, federal, or local level. Most people cannot answer a simple question about who who their federal representative is, who their state representative is, who their local judge are. And if we, the people who are supposed to be the basis of government, Remember, Alexander Hamilton said, here, the people rule. In this country, the people rule. We are not to be genuflecting to the federal government. The least of the power in government is restrained and and removed from the federal level. But today, so many people genuflect at the sound of the federal government. Oh, the federal government said this or the federal government said that. If we can do a couple of things through this podcast, broadcast, one of the things that we have always preached, and I know you've heard it um, from the time you were in grade school, is for people to understand the steps that were taken in our founding documents to preserve for us the liberty that was paid for by blood. And first and foremost, that is outlined in the Declaration of Independence. You know, paragraph paragraph number two in the Declaration of Independence suggests that we hold these truths to be self-evident: that all men are created equal; that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, among which are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And governments are instituted amongst men to secure those rights. So the definition of government's function is to secure for all of us the right to life. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And until we diminish another person or group's ability to pursue those things, government has nothing to do with how we live our private lives. If we are not infringing upon somebody else's life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness, government has nothing to do with us, nor do they order us around. That was the intent. But over centuries now of comfortable living, Uh, of the blessings that this nation has bestowed upon us, those very things are are so far from people's minds. You know, I I said many times, and I'm sure you recall hearing it, that free men don't need permits. If we are really free, why would we have to ask somebody else for permission, yep. which is all a permission uh, or a permit is, is asking somebody else for permission. You can't go to the store without walking by several permits hanging on the wall on, on the wall of the store. You can't get your hair cut. You can't put an addition onto your house. You cannot do anything without first asking somebody, which means if you're asking, you are not free. If you're not free, then you're a slave. And my suggestion would be that, that we're a slave. We are all slaves. We're working for the benefit of others, and we don't have the freedom to live the life that we would like to live without first going and asking somebody permission, in which case you may be turned out. So what does what I have in my pocket have to do with anybody else? And that includes a pistol, a marijuana cigarette, or anything else. If it is not infringing or impinging on the rights of somebody else, who has the right to tell me that I can't do that? And, And I think people forget uh, you know, at large, society at large, just don't view liberty that way. And my only function from the time I left the state police in 1989, where I began an outward push back against what I consider to be a overreaching, over-controlling state. And I don't mean the state of Maine or Massachusetts, I mean the state being the government at all levels. The, they, they are in our business from the moment we wake up in the morning until we t- the, they throw the shovel full of dirt on our casket. They have their hand in our pocket and their nose up our backside. And until more people decide that we don't want that, we're only going to continue to see our liberties decrease and diminish. Remember, the more the laws the less the liberty, it's that simple. Yeah. And more laws are put out every single day. And most of them are completely unconstitutional. Remember, if you study the Constitution, which we've encouraged folks to do for you know 25 years, uh, and you have been part of that, to understand what that Constitution says, in Article 1, Section 8, spells out specifically what the 18 authorities of the federal government are. And the 10th Amendment suggests that if it is not in the Constitution as an authority, the federal government doesn't have it. And a personal friend of mine, uh, who, who has probably been involved with the greatest 10th Amendment case that was ever settled at the Supreme Court, Sheriff Richard Mack out of Arizona, and in his case, it was it was stated very clearly by Antonon Scalia who is now deceased god rest his soul was one of the few really great justices in my mind made the suggestion that the states are not subject to federal direction zero not a zilch if it is not spelled out in the constitution the states do not have to bend their knee and tolerate unconstitutional law coming from the federal government. But yeah. because of the threat of money and all these other things, which I'm sure we'll get into as we as we conduct these discussions, they all kneel down. And our senators and our congressmen and, and all of those who have made it more important to retain their seat simply will not stand up and push back against these far-reaching incursions by the federal government. Uh, so I, I know that was pretty long-winded. No, that's, that's good. Uh, that's
0: what we want. That's what we're going go- for. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but you kind of started to get into the next thing that I wanted to bring up because you bring up all these good points. You obviously have a lot of knowledge. So, why does anyone want to listen to us? Why is this podcast worth listening to? Where do you get your information? Where did it come from? Where did this passion start for you? Obviously, it's something you were passionate about, have become mm-hmm. super knowledgeable by choice, because as we've discussed, And you've mentioned this is not readily accessible information to a lot of people, which is why we are where we are. So why are you in a position where you know these things? And why do you feel like a credible source for people going forward?
1: Yeah, so as I did hint at, um, I was a Pennsylvania State Trooper here back in the late 80s here in Pennsylvania. And uh, one of the things that I became very troubled by uh, during my time with the Pennsylvania State Police was what I felt to be uh, largely a a tax collection agency um, who was out collecting revenue for the state coffers that largely had to do with Violating people's personal liberties. Mm-hmm. So to go all the way back um, to that time, which is when I really started um, being opposed to what I seen going on around us. And I think that really became clarified in my mind when I met Richard Mack, and uh, I I had presented to me his Supreme Court case upon meeting and becoming friends with Richard Mack. And when I read his books, which are many of them available, and I I think during the podcast, uh, perhaps we can highlight some of those things. I I read his thing, and he had in his book uh, clarified in my mind what I had been feeling since 1989. Now, remember, I met Richard Mack in 2009 on the Lexington Green uh, in in uh, Lexington, Massachusetts, at the founding of the now much maligned and slaughtered in the public Oath Keepers. And Richard Mack was there as were there others who are very recognizable names in the liberty movement let, let's call it um and upon meeting uh, richard we had many discussions and and i read his book and, and 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 subscribed to his thinking which which really helped me uh formulate some of the opinions that i had for 20 years Been putting out in public by writing and speaking, it really helped me solidify uh, what I was feeling from the time I left the state police, which which was basically a loss of our rights. And upon doing research and uh, becoming friends with Richards and uh, Richard Back and others in this liberty movement, I really began to. Uh, developed a keen interest in how this thing that we call the United States of America was formed. Um, And I was hoping through our local meetings and showing up at various marches and protests and so on, including J6, by the way, which I'm not at all ashamed or afraid to say that I, I, I was there for the very reason That all of us were there, except those that were there for the intention of of giving us a black eye, which was to preserve for us liberty. And, and, And when you, Brianna, and the other siblings came along, I was doing this without any real focus. I was doing it out of my heart. When you guys came along, my children, I began my conquest in earnest to preserve for you, my children, your generation, and hopefully your kids' generation and beyond what we were supposed to have. We no longer do. Let's not kid ourselves. We do not live in liberty. It has been gone a very long time, and the harder you look at it, the further back you will realize that it has been gone. But you, my children, were the inspiration, continue to be to this day for me to stay in this fight um, because it is our duty. And I want to go back and just highlight, I mentioned the Oath Keepers, much maligned. They've been slaughtered in the media. Again, who has control of of the soapbox? The very same people that want to control our lives completely the very yeah. same people that have their hands on the controls of, of government and own the people that are sitting in our government offices. Um, these people who manipulate the information that we're able to receive through control of the media outlets and, and the non-traditional media outlets have reduced our ability to, to have a big footprint in in providing information to people that are interested in learning this stuff. Um, You remember way back when, when I, when I came to high school and and was there, you know, in an effort to try to encourage people to to read the constitution, to participate in the process um, and all of those things. Um, Dating all the way back to the founding of this country and before the very simple truth is the basis of the documents that built this country and the government that was supposed to be here to ensure ensure that our rights were never infringed upon dates all the way back to 1215 and maybe beyond, but the Magna Carta, which would suggest in the Magna Carta that if there is no victim, there is no crime. And that was one of the things that was most Distasteful and disturbing to me as a Pennsylvania state trooper that 95% of what we were doing was chasing dollars down for victimless crimes. Now they're gonna tell you that the state is the victim. Well, I want somebody to bring me the state and sit it here on a chair beside me. Yeah. That's what I would like. There is it, it is a figment of our imagination. It's a figment of our own creation. The state, so that cannot be a victim. A victim is a person that you can reach, you can touch, you can talk to. That's yep. a person. If you did not victimize somebody, drifting through the stop sign did not create a victim. Going down a road five mile an hour over the speed limit did not create a victim. It is simply a revenue generating practice that is sold. With the notion of protecting you, we are keeping you safe. Government's job is not to keep us safe. Government's job is to make sure that we have the liberty to harm ourselves if we're stupid enough to do it. Their job is not to keep us safe. But one of the one of the folks that I would call upon uh, who made certain quotes. Uh, you know, back through history, would suggest that most people have nothing, they have no interest at all at being completely free. It's a very scary thing. They would like to know that they have boundaries and therefore they have no personal accountability in the matter because somebody somebody says I can go this far left or I can go this far right, but they have already made the decision how much life I can live. And people do not, the the majority of people simply do not want true liberty. So- I think if we have the ability to inspire people to cause them to think about what liberty is intended to be, it is intended to be you live your life any way you choose, up until the point that it infringes on somebody else's right to live their life as they choose. Now it's government's job to step in. And to render a decision and, and say that you have been victimized by this person because they crashed into your house or they crashed into your car. There was a victim simply going down the road, 10 mile an hour of speed limit, or going down the road with a taillight burned out, or any of these things are not crimes, and therefore you should not be punished for them. But we all, for a century plus now, have accepted this as part of normal living. And and what we did by accepting that was simply give up our liberty. And I hope that in some way, shape, or form, our talks here in this format have the ability to reach out and connect with people and show them that we do not have anything close to what we were intended to have. And what, again, I will continue to mention, was purchased by the blood and sacrifice of those that came before us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good segue into talking about what the goals of the podcast are. You kind of already talked about it. Um, But we know who we are now and we know why we're doing it. Um, So now we just need the what. Uh, which is what are those goals going to be? And that's the big one is like making sure people understand what they're missing in the first place because people don't realize it. And it just gets worse as you go down the generational line. And obviously that is by strategic design. We know that. And it's not to say that people in your generation or before are knowledgeable (laughs) necessarily. Um, But I think Mm -hmm. that each generation gets less and less uh because that's the push, of course. That's the way that everyone has slowly been indoctrined. And I think that talking about us reaching out to people, even if it's five people or ten people, you know, whatever it may be, it takes very little to change the the mindset of people from that generational perspective. It doesn't look like a lot to people in your Generation doesn't look like they lost a lot between your generation and mine, but you can see it and I can see it. And I think yep. about the next generation below me, kids younger than me, and not even by that much. Like they don't care because they don't even realize, because they don't know, because no one's telling them, no one's teaching them. In fact, they're teaching them the opposite they're teaching them that everything that we know and love. Is evil inherently. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the goal for me is, I guess, to just spread all those things that you're talking about to any number of people, whether it's one or a hundred or more than that. Um, Because I have discussions all the time with people my age that I say things and they're like, oh, I genuinely have never heard that before. And that's Mm -hmm. really frightening. So I think there are people still that want a better understanding and they don't know how to find it. And the pool's super big, so it's scary to dip your toe into. Obviously, you know, yes, I've been hearing about this forever. I think you mentioned when you came and visited high school. I think it was even before that. You came and talked in middle school and like I don't think there were probably a lot of kids that were super invested in that conversation in 5th or 6th grade, but I can remember it very vividly because it's been something you instilled in us for so long. But most people didn't have access to that kind of information. And now especially, everything has gone either super black, or super white, super left, super right. There's no gray anymore. Um, at least it seems that way. But I do think there are people kind of hovering in that spot and they want to know which direction to go. And I'm personally not willing to lose any more people to the other side. So. I don't know if you have anything to add to that.
1: Well, yeah, and, and I think you provided a tremendous amount to unpack here. Um, but the big thing is where, where this piece of the conversation started was, what are we attempting to accomplish by putting ourselves out there and trying to share knowledge and generate interest um, and, and instill in people a heartfelt desire to have those things that we were intended to have. So, uh, you know, many years ago, I was involved with groups that were called tea parties and various patriot groups. And, And one of the things that we said in those days was we are here to educate and motivate. And in a sense, I think that's largely what we are we're trying to do, and and I think we are trying to pull together uh, people uh, by having a common place that they can go and hear those things that you suggest many or most are not seeing and hearing, and you also highlighted the notion that these things are are not shared. And, and, and it is by design. Of course it's by design. We are fed bread and circuses by the garbage coming off the television set that has nothing to do with helping educate people uh, to how their lives could be different simply by having the liberty to live as was originally intended. People don't even understand that they're missing anything yet. And we are missing most everything that was provided by, first of all, a higher being. It's, it's not provided by other man Some man sitting in an office or woman sitting in an office in your state capital or in your county courthouse or in Washington, D.C. Those things are not provided by any level of government. Those things are inherent to all of mankind. We are all born with the ability, with the with, with Those gifts bestowed in us simply by being born, you should be able to live the life you choose up until the point that it hurts somebody else. That's inherent in every single one of us. But what government does is gets in the way and says, well, by you doing this, you are creating a threat to the rest of us. Therefore, we are going to regulate that. We're going to make sure that you have a license. Remember, many of the things that the state is opposed to becomes fine once you pay their fee. Well, that is simply wrong. How How can the exchange of dollars change whether something was right or wrong? It can't. And people have just learned to accept that because that is the only system they ever knew. So, of course, government does not want us to understand where our rights come from or what they are. So they fill our heads with all kind of other garbage so that we have no clue how we were intended to be able to live. They tell you that, that you can't do this without a permit. You can't go down the highway five mile an hour over the speed limit. You have to have a license go down the highway. You have to have a license to carry a pistol. You can't, everything is a limitation placed on us by government, which simply equates to control. People in high places want control. And I think we'll have an opportunity to discuss. My personal belief is our government are puppets. They are puppets truly answering to the very small group of people who have decided they want to rule the world. They have taken very overt or outward steps to rule the world, and we can we can call on such events as a recent uh, pandemic and get into a long discussion about that thing, whether or not it was real or man-made, whether or not it was a true sickness or just a sniffles that was blown up by the media. Uh, you know, we can have a discussion all day long about that, but the truth of the matter is government at the state and federal level ordered us, ordered us. Now, remember, it's a servant government. In other words, they serve us, but they ordered us to wear this ridiculous mask around. They ordered us in order to conduct our livelihoods in certain areas that we had to have various shots, various unproven substances placed in your body that many would suggest were for the sole purpose of seeing what we are seeing now around us with um, off-the-chart Numbers in terms of premature death related to cancer and many other things, heart problems, many other things. And this was promoted, promulgated, and crammed down our throat by government, which has absolutely no authority or right to do that. But we as a society knelt down because mostly people don't know how government's supposed to work. And just like we talked about earlier in the conversation today, stated by Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, Adolf Hitler, many other minds down through history that people simply by being lazy and uneducated don't know. They do not know. So we, I hope I hope we have an opportunity to help people understand how government's supposed to work, help people understand The liberty that they are supposed to have and the only way we're ever going to get it back is to take it back. We're going to have to take it back. Those in government who are working for this small group of people who I believe are trying to rule the whole world are never going to wake up one morning and say, you know what? I think we've been really rough on the people and we have really reduced their liberties that they're supposed to have. I think we're just going to give it all back. It is never, ever going to happen. The only way a bully stops bullying is to get hit in the mouth. And we can do it by spreading the word. And so there's enough political force to cause them to change. Or if worse comes to worse, at some point it's going to require bloodshed. Governments only change their direction and their oppression at the point of a spear or the barrel of a gun that has been proven many times down through history. Very, very, very seldom has there been peaceful revolutions that have altered the course of government and altered the oppression that people are living under without there being bloodshed. So we're trying to avoid that and we're trying to avoid it by educating and motivating people to take back their liberty by becoming involved and spreading the word.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Super good points Um. I think all that being said, the the main like takeaways um, for me and you and I, it, part of it is that it's cathartic to just sit and complain about all of it um, mm-hmm. because it gets super stressful and it's a super heavy load when there's a ton of people walking around like zombies not having a single clue it's going on. Um, it's super stressful and a big way to relieve that stress is just talking about it and so i know that for a lot of people listening to other people talk about it is cathartic in the same sense so i hope we can provide that um because as much as there are people who don't have the knowledge there are also people who do and maybe don't feel that they have a community um so many people in the same point you made with the pandemic were ostracized from their own family and their friend groups and people like that. And, you know, I, I'm sure everyone has their own circle, but oftentimes it's hard to find more of those small circles. And so I think the other piece is connecting that community on a bigger scale, because that's the most powerful part. Um, Mm -hmm. And then lastly, going back to the quote that brings us the title of this podcast, The Fourth Box. I think the last piece of that quote is you know, after you have the soapbox, the ballot box, the jury box, and the ammo box is, and to be used in that order. And I think, yeah, there are an awful lot of people who feel that it's like we're at that time because, right, as you said, the other three boxes we tried and we can't make them work but if we had more people who knew more about those three boxes we wouldn't have to resort to the ammo box so how do we teach people about box one box two and box three so we don't have to get to box four uh for me those are the three big things that i kind of pull from what you said and just things we've discussed in the past and what i hope we can do with this going forward. I,
1: I, if I could jump in, I, I think that is a great way of bundling it together. I think uh, your explanation about our interest in motivating and educating people to understand what those other boxes are and how they can help preserve the freedom that was won for us by those that came before so that we don't ever have to get back to that. That is all of our desire, and if we have some ability to reach a bigger audience and to connect people together with similar interests about either learning about these things or sharing their ideas with us related to these things and broadening the footprint, remember, I think one of the things you also mentioned uh, a moment ago was that the pandemic, and we know now that about 20% of the people did not take the shot. Yeah. So what that says to me is there is a base of about 20% of the people who simply are not going to kneel at the command of government. Despite being ostracized, despite being criticized from every angle, including your own personal family in many cases, people stood up to that. That would suggest to me that there's somewhere around 20% of the people that simply are not just going to kneel down. That's a pretty good base. So what do we do, or what are we hoping that I'm thinking we're hoping to broaden that base and to connect that base, help people get together with others that are like-minded. And even if they did go out and take that shot, and then somehow in their mind began to think that maybe. Maybe I should have questioned this. But the first thing that government will always do when they want to make a big change is they will try to scare the hell out of everybody. And once they do that, and they have people leaning that way, they want to trust government. They want to trust people in high places. That's very natural. They can get you to move in a direction that you may not have been so willing to do so. So if we can expand that base of 20% or whatever it is that simply does not just bow down because they've been ordered to do so and we can help connect other like-minded people we can become a force that can help the restoration of this republic without there being bloodshed and I think that should be our goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, super well said. Uh well, you know, my last thing I kind of wanted to talk about for listeners was upcoming topics and things we plan to discuss in the future but to be honest, I feel like we spent the last fifty minutes talking about things that we're going to talk about in the future, everything from the pandemic, of course uh j6 is a great example other threats like that that we've seen happen, threats that are maybe upcoming, threats that are in progress such as the border issue mm-hmm. um I think you know talking. A lot more about what you were saying earlier with the ignorance of people on the whole jury subject that's something Mm -hmm. we're going to dive into of course um yeah i think we've already covered a lot of the topics that we have in mind but if there's anything you want to point out before we sign off here feel free
1: i i think that uh as as you and i brianna have had many conversations over many years I think you can open up uh let's just suggest one of the aggregate news sources other than mainstream media legacy type medias if you if you go to one of the non-traditional outlets that putting information out for people to consider I'm not I'm not ever going to say that anybody has to believe anything but go out and expose yourself to these other viewpoints these other vantage points I think if you were to go on to one of those, let's, let's call it an aggregate news uh, online platform, you will go down simply by reading headlines and find a hundred things in a row to be infuriated at yeah. that could be the basis of a discussion for another day. It is simply every single aspect of our lives is under assault it is being torn down from the nuclear family. You mentioned the border, the currency, any spirituality or connection to a higher being that is used to be commonplace. The military, our economic system, our manufacturing base, all of these things, the education system, the medical system, have all been destroyed yep. by the very people whose job it was to protect and preserve those things that were in the public hands. So. I think there is an endless amount of topics. I think we want to stay targeted and focused. And maybe at the end of our our podcast, uh, go through a couple of the highlights of the day. You know, take a look at the war in Ukraine. Isn't it miraculous that we no sooner pull out of Afghanistan and we have another war going? And we got three quarters of the country flying Ukraine flags and they don't even have any concept what the battle was about or the war is about or who started it. Um, and, and, and what was going on over there, but because the government says we got to support Ukraine, you drive up and down a street and see Ukraine flags. I told you guys from the beginning, as soon as that nonsense started that I was looking for a Russian flag and I wanted to drive around with that thing flying on the back of the truck. And people wouldn't have understood it. It's simply because of our of the ignorance of society. So I, I think again, we're just going to try to put information into people's hands. I maybe at some way we'll be able to uh, uh, ask, uh, answer some questions. Uh, have some kind of a format, whether it be through email, and we address certain questions that folks might have. But again, I think we are really here making an effort to use those first three boxes. Yep. And it starts by sharing information and becoming educated. And if we can help people do that, then I think we have done a a service to helping preserve our liberty and our republic.
0: Yeah. Amen. I think... We pretty much summed up everything we needed to say and probably a little bit more. Uh, so that put us right about an hour, which is pretty solid for our first uh, go. So,
1: and, and I thought it went pretty quickly if that was an hour.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure we have much to look forward to then. Well, we'll, I, we'll try to keep it at an hour going forward, I, but we'll see. It I, might not happen.
1: At the risk of offending uh, teetotalers, I would suggest that uh, what they did in the Buckham Tavern on the Lexington Green when they gathered is they would have a pint and help discuss these issues and to help them discuss these issues. And and perhaps when we get done with our conversation today, we can toast from afar with a pint and wish our country well and our families well as we look to reverse the trend that we're currently on.
0: I'm quite certain there are many pints to follow. and probably to be had during many of the upcoming discussions, which will quickly take a one-hour podcast to a three- or five-hour podcast. So we'll do our best to keep well, that under wraps. But. It,
1: it, the, the only other thing I could say is that I am very thankful for your interest in in taking it to this level. These were certain things that I was not uh, savvy enough technologically to do. Um, so I'm very happy and proud of you to step up and, and be interested in trying to have a bigger impact in in your future and hopefully, uh, you know, the future of future
0: generations. All right. Well, on that note, let's uh, wrap it up and we'll see if I can get it sealed up enough to put it on the air.
1: Okay. Well, thanks again. Great seeing you. And uh, God bless America. Keep your powder dry.
0: (laughs) Amen. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We're super excited to have you with us. You can go ahead and follow us here or on Instagram at the fourth box. There is an X and a website in the works. But for now, just direct any questions, comments, or feedback to the Instagram. We're definitely looking forward to answering questions as time goes on. And we'll graciously accept any criticism, constructive or otherwise, as we get started. Um, It's definitely a work in progress, but we have big things in the works and we're excited for you to be along on that journey. Next week, we plan to break down some of the founding documents and other resources, really, where you can kind of start your knowledge base. Like, what is the baseline? Where do you find that stuff? And break down those things in layman's terms. So, there's something people actually want to read and want to talk about. And Want to implement in their everyday life. We look forward to seeing you then. Signing off, this is Brian Blaze.
1: All right.